Hey, Spring Branch, good morning. Thanks for joining us online today for yet another awesome worship experience together. I'm going to share the third part of my series, Miracles of Jesus. So commit to this time, turn up the volume, and uh, let's sing to Jesus together. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for bringing us all together here, that we're not together physically. Uh, we are together because we're bonded in you, Jesus. Lord, now more than ever, we need to cry out to you, Father. We are desperate for your strength and your guidance during this time. And draw our hearts close to you, Jesus. We love you. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Hey, everybody. While we may be apart uh, physically, we're together in spirit. Let's worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ together. This song's called Echo. Feel free to clap along with us right there in your house. Here we go. When night is falling, when fear is coming, still you're calling me. When faith is lost, my hope exhausted, you will be my strength. When my mind says I'm not good enough, God, you're enough for me. I've decided I'm not giving up, because you won't give up on me. You won't give up on me. You love something on and it won't let go. I feel it breaking down like an echo. In every season, you keep repeating your promises to me. Yeah. Now there's no stopping, but you have started till it's complete. When my mind, when my mind says I'm not good enough, God, you're enough for me. I've decided. You won't give up on me. You won't give up on me. You love something on and it won't let go. I feel it breaking out like an echo. You love something on and it won't let go. I feel it breaking out like an echo. Echo in my soul. So. When my mind says I'm not good enough, God, you're enough for me. I've decided I'm not giving up. You won't give up on me. You won't give up on me. Sing it. You love something on and it won't let go. I feel it breaking out like an echo. Your love is holding on and it won't let go. I feel it breaking out like an echo. Sing it again, come on. Your love is holding on and it won't let go. I feel it breaking out like an echo. Your love is holding on and it won't let go. 
is worthy of our praise. Sing with me. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Sure. 
Church, will we build our lives on the things of this world or will we build it on eternal things of God? I know where I want to build my life. Sing with me. Jesus, in these times of trial, in these times of worry, in these times of anxiety, we get shaken from our foundation. And we start to look around and see where are the solutions? Where are all the solutions that the world can provide me right now? But God, I pray that we would be a people who would be on a firm foundation. We will build our life upon you so that when the seas crash in, We will know where our foundation is. We will know that we stand fast on what you have built with us, what you have built in us, and what you have built through us, Jesus. I pray that we would base our life, build our life on the firm foundation that is your love and your grace and your mercy. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Spring Branch. I'm James White, and I'm one of the elders at our church. You know, now more than ever, it's important for us to connect. Connect to support each other. Connect to be encouraging to one another. But maybe most of all, connect because we are a church family. You know, right now, many of our groups are connecting digitally. Do you think you'd be interested? 
Well, if you want more information, go to springbranch.org backslash moose. Also, really exciting news. The men's ministry will be having a virtual breakfast. That'll be a Zoom call on Saturday, April 4th at 9 a.m. It'll be led by Gary Maxwell, and the title is When Plans Change. Definitely something that we can all relate to right now. So if you currently are not receiving emails and you want to link in and get more information, you can go to info at springbranch.org and we'll get all of that information to you. So once again, thank you for being with us. God bless. And remember, we are the church. everybody. Here we are. It's the third part of our series, Miracles of Jesus. I'm so excited about the message today. The first week, as you remember, we talked about Jesus changing water to wine. Last week, we talked about Jesus healing an official son. And this week, we're camping out on John chapter 5. And it's a story about this man at the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus totally changed his life. So I'm real excited to share this important message with you and your family today. If you would, please pray with me. God, here we are. Uh, together again online. Thank you for being with us. Even though we're not together physically, uh, we're bonded together in your love, Jesus. And uh, just pray that wherever we are today, that you would meet us. Meet us right in the middle of our condition. Meet us right in the middle of our circumstances, God, with your power and your love. Lord, I pray for government officials in this country. I pray for medical personnel. Lord, I pray for the military. God, that you would, you would bless them. You would give them wisdom, protection, God, uh, may we uh, just trust you during this time with all of our decisions. Uh, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to come together and worship you and hear your word today. Encourage us and draw us close to you, Father. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we talked about, a miracle is a sign of a deeper reality, right? A miracle is what God uses to point us to his truth and ultimately to a belief in him. The bottom line of the series is John chapter 20, verse 31. Remember these words uh, in John 20, 31. John says, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So the whole point of miracles is God's way of saying, I, I am God, right? I am powerful and I can do the impossible. I can do the miraculous. We just have to trust him and believe in him. So sometimes it takes these crazy things like Jesus changing water to wine, healing a royal official's son to get our attention. Remember, it's not a magic trick, but it's just a way that God is showcasing his power and his might to us so that we might believe, so that we might be persuaded to be in a relationship with him and surrender our lives to him. Um, I want to share a quick story. A few weeks ago, Lindsay and I uh, were able to get away. We got a babysitter and our kids were in good hands and we had a great couple of days together. We were driving to the mall to do some shopping and 
uh, I was driving and we were having a great conversation and uh, we got there to the mall and we were able to do some shopping and uh, again, just a great time together. And uh, a few days later, I get something in the mail and it's a picture of me driving our car uh, at an intersection. Right. I don't know if you ever got one of these things in the mail, but literally it was a picture of me blowing right through the stoplight. Apparently there was a sign there at the corner, it was towards the ocean front, and it said, stop here on red. And I don't know what was going on, Lindsay and I were having a great time, great conversation, and apparently I did not stop, I just kept rolling right through the red light, and we were on our way. Uh, and it was going to take a miracle for me to get off the hook because I clicked on a couple of the links and not only was there a picture of me right there in the middle of the intersection, but there was also a video of me driving through the red light. So the evidence was stacked against me. Uh, and so I, I missed the sign. I missed the sign that was pointing to, hey, Heath, you should obey the sign. Uh, you should adhere to the law because if you don't, you're going to have to pay $50. So don't judge me, we've all made mistakes in the road, but I just took my medicine and paid the 50 bucks uh, and you know, we, we were on our way. But uh, my whole family had a pretty good laugh about it. Um, but don't ignore the signs, right? Don't ignore the signs. There are signs every day of God's presence. Even in the middle of this crisis, even in the middle of this crazy intersection we find ourselves in, God is showing up. God is showing up, and he is showing off his power and his love to us in amazing ways. We just have to look out for them, look out for those signs. So today, we're going to be talking about another sign, another miracle, another amazing thing that God does to point us to his power and his presence. And it's found in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. Let's read together. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is, is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. So this place called Bethesda, it literally means house of mercy, house of mercy, and we'll talk more about that in a second. But Jesus makes the trek from Galilee to Jerusalem, uh, most likely to celebrate the Passover. And uh, the scholars believe this is the second time that he celebrated the Passover in his ministry. And so there he is in Jerusalem celebrating the Passover. But on his way to the temple, he stops by the pool of Bethesda. Now, most likely at uh, this time of the year, there were about 3,000 people there at the pool of Bethesda. There were 3,000 people, not just 3,000 normal people. Let's read about it. Verse 3. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. So Jesus doesn't just beeline it right to the temple. Uh, he makes a, a priority to stop by this pool of Bethesda. Now this pool, the purpose of this place was for people to purify themselves, cleanse themselves before going to the temple to worship. Now over time, this area had become kind of a hangout for all these disabled people. Uh, and like I said, on a typical day, there are about 300 people there hanging out by the pool. Uh, but because it was a time of the festival, there are people there from all over, all over the area. People who were blind, the lame, and paralyzed. And they were hoping for alms. They were hoping for some, some, some money. They were begging people who were on the way to the temple. Uh, but they were also there to, to look for healing. Uh, 
Like I said, the Pool of Bethesda was, was called uh, the, the House of Mercy. They were hoping to, to find healing. They are hoping to find help there. And they believed that the waters there had this kind of magical power in them, where if you uh, were to fall into the water and have the water wash over you, you could be healed. And we'll get to more of that in a second. But here we are at the Pool of Bethesda, and Jesus stops by, and he sees a man who had been invalid for 38 years. 38 years. Can you imagine that? This man who, who was paralyzed, maybe from the waist down, or we don't know exactly what his condition was, but uh, this word invalid, it actually in the Greek means infirmity, infirmity. And this word actually shows up in 2 Corinthians. Paul, Paul, Paul shares some of Jesus' words. Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So this word uh, invalid means weakness. This man had some kind of shortcoming, some kind of physical condition that was preventing him from living a normal life. Apparently, he had been in this condition for 38 years. 38 years. So there's this huge crowd of people this huge crowd of people. And Jesus sees this individual. He sees this individual and he approaches him. Before we get to that point of the story, I just want to ask you a question. What is your current condition? What is your current condition right now? It's kind of a fancy way of asking you, how are you doing? I had a friend this past week call me and just a simple question, hey, Heath, how are you doing? And it just hit me in a different way than it typically does. During this time of challenge and crisis that our country finds itself in, uh, with all that's going on with quarantining and social distancing and all the unknown in the future, I think in that moment when he asked me that question, it all kind of hit me. All my emotions and all my doubts and fears and questions kind of came to a head at that point. And I just got emotional. I just said to him, you know, it's, it's kind of a scary time right now. You know, we're quarantining as a family. We don't know how long it's going to last. And, you know, I would love for uh, you to uh, encourage us and pray for us during this time. And how can I pray for you? What's your current condition? How are you doing? And just want to challenge you to, to ask that question to people who you cross paths with right now. Ask it from a sincere heart and listen. Take time to listen. Because our current condition, uh, you know, it, it may be fair. It may be uh, good. It may be excellent. I was ordering something online the other day on Amazon, and, you know, it kind of it shows you what, what, what condition a book is in, right? It's fair or it's uh, good or it's excellent. What kind of condition uh, do you find yourself in right now? Are you struggling? Do you have doubts? Do you have fears? Are you paralyzed by your past? Are you paralyzed by this unknown future? Um, do you find yourself just blinded, right, blinded by all that is going on and um, I think it's so important to be honest with those who know you, those who love you, and, and be able to just to say, you know what, I'm struggling right now. I'm struggling right now. And so Jesus, uh, he asks this question that we read in verse 6, chapter 5. When Jesus saw him lying there, this individual who'd been invalid, who'd had this infirmity, this weakness, when he saw this individual lying there and heard his story, I could just imagine Jesus uh, singling out this guy from a crowd of 3,000 people and is saying, what's up with that guy over there? What's his story over there? And he learns about this man and his heart uh, all of a sudden begins to just, begins just to be heavy for this person. And he's filled with compassion. 
he learns that he'd been in this condition for a long time and he asks this man, he walks up to him and just looks right in his eye, looks right into his eye and says, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? I mean, this man, can you imagine how unacceptable he felt? And this word invalid uh, really means unacceptable. It means just helpless and desperate and just, you know, so, so dependent on other people for all basic needs. And a few weeks ago, I think I was at Food Lion and tried to swipe my credit card and it said invalid or it said it had been expired or something like that. And it was like this moment of like, oh man, no, it's worthless, you know? Uh, this moment of embarrassment, you kind of have to swallow your pride. This man, he was labeled. He was labeled by people as totally worthless, just totally unacceptable. People probably uh, kept their distance from him. And he probably discounted his future and just kind of, kind of given up on life. But here's the creator of the universe, God in flesh, approaching him, coming up to him, singling him out amongst the thousands of people and looking at him in the eye and asking him what is, what, how he was doing. What's your current condition? How are you doing? Do you want to get well? This is the compassion that I think God wants all of us to have. It's the ability to empathize. It's the ability to, to not just look at the surface level, somebody's behavior or the way they look, but to look past the surface into somebody's heart and, and just put yourself in their shoes and try to feel what they're feeling and, and ask them, how are you doing and how can I help you? It's that ability to connect with somebody on a deeper level. And Jesus had that compassionate heart. Jesus has compassion on our condition. And that's the first truth today. That whatever condition we find ourselves in, Jesus has compassion on our condition. He doesn't blame us. He doesn't kick us to the curb or condemn us or look down upon us or call us names. He looks past our past and he gives us hope for a future. He loves us in our current present state. He doesn't love the way we used to be back in our heyday, right, before we made mistakes. He doesn't love the, the future Heath, right? He, he loves the current, present, messed up Heath. How humbling is that, right? And he has compassion on our current condition. And he had compassion on this man who was helpless and desperate at the end of his rope. You know, this past week, I uh, heard a story about a couple spring branchers who reached out to the local hospital and they gathered some resources and they were able to bring some food to some of the staff there at Santerra, uh, Virginia Beach General. And, and just a, an amazing moment where, man, you've, you've got this medical staff, all these local hospitals all around the world who are, who are working overtime, who are risking their own lives to help those who are sick. And, you know, I think that's, that's what it's all about. It's all about stepping outside of ourselves and noticing others, noticing others who are, who are, who are hurting and who are, are sacrificing so much. And, you know, we've got medical staff just down the street from where we live who are just working 24-7 around the clock, and they're risking their own lives to help 
others. And so uh, I love being a part of a church that is not just in the city, but for the city, a church that is compassionate. And uh, we're also collecting food items to give to the senior citizens and low-income families in the area. So uh, thank you for all you're doing with that. Uh, I think we've got a huge pile of food right, right now out in the lobby, ready to be delivered to those in need in our community. So what a step up, church. Keep going. Keep having compassion for others. Let's move on to the story. This question, do you want to get well, it, it seems like a, a kind of a cruel question, right? Kind of an obvious question. It's like asking somebody who has tested positive for coronavirus, do you want to get better, right? Do you want to get well? That's kind of an obvious question. Jesus comes up to this guy and he asks him, do you want to get well? And I think just a real quick lesson for us is that we can get comfortable in our condition sometimes. It can become so much of our identity. It can become so much of who we are. We, it's been sort of a staple and fixture in our life for so long that uh, we're scared to, to do anything outside of that. Uh, and it kind of raises the expectations for us to not have that condition anymore. And so Jesus uh, asked us that question, do, do you want to get well? Are you making an effort to get, to get well, to get better? And we all know where, the, where those areas are in our lives. Maybe there's fear, maybe there's doubt, uh, maybe there's relationships and we need to, uh, to mend. Maybe there's people we need to love and go serve. Maybe there's some selfish areas in our lives that we need to just give to God. Um, there are areas where we need to get better. We need, we need to, to, to be made well. And it's about trusting a God who, who has the cure and who, who, can, who can give us the strength that we need to get well. And so Jesus looks in the eyes of this man and asks him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, verse 7, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Uh, this man, he was waiting for the waters to be stirred. And, and that's an interesting part of the story. And just real quick, um, I was able to go to Israel about 10 years ago. Actually, this very week, 10 years ago, I was in Israel and was able to visit the pool of Bethesda. And there's a little, little monument there that they excavated, that they dug up, dug up a few years ago. And it's this little monument of the, of, of the Greco-Roman god Asclepius. Um, you know, what, what, what a crazy name, right? Think about that name the next time you have a baby, Asclepius. Uh, but Asclepius was this Greco-Roman god. He was the god of healing, the god of medicine. And... Supposedly, uh, as the waters were stirred, uh, that if you went into the water, as the waters were stirred up or bubbling up, you could receive healing physically. And you know, a lot of superstition back then, there's no proof that this actually happened, but um, this god Asclepius was worshiped back then by, by the Greeks and by the Romans. And as we know, the Romans ruled the day at this time. And so uh, Asclepius was this god who supposedly provided healing and wholeness to people. And so this man had, uh, had, had been relying and depending on the, the, the healing powers of this god Asclepius. And he was sitting by the edge of the pool just waiting, 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 but was just slow on the trigger, just slow to, to, to jump into the pool. And I, I don't know what kind of effort he was putting towards it, but to me, it just seems like if, you're, if I, I would sit on the very edge of the pool and just be studying the water every possible second. And as soon as it started bubbling up and stirring up, I would just kind of like push myself over, right? Can you just imagine that? 
So this guy apparently uh, was just slow and he was just waiting and just, you know, I, I, I think Jesus was, was tired of hearing his excuse. And I can just imagine him kind of interrupting this guy as he's, you know, I can imagine the guy saying, but I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. When I'm trying to get in. Somebody else goes down ahead of me and Jesus says, get up. Verse eight, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus gives him this command. Right in the middle of this man's excuse, Jesus commands him, commands him, and tells him to get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Stop relying on this supposed God to, to heal you. Stop relying on these, these special circumstances to, to make you whole and complete. And I believe that, that we're all guilty of this. We may not be sitting on the edge of a pool waiting for water to be stirred up to heal us. We may not be worshiping the God Asclepius. But I think we're all waiting on certain circumstances to line up perfectly so that we can move forward with our lives. Yeah, I think this whole coronavirus thing, you know, we have, we've had dreams and expectations for the spring and a lot of students are heartbroken because it's not the school year that they anticipated. And, you know, I, I believe that, that, that God is trying to tell us that, that his, his dreams are bigger than ours. His dreams are greater than ours. And the way we expected our life to go over the next few months, this next year, uh, it's not going to line up the way that we anticipated. But I believe that God has something even greater up his sleeve for all of us. And no matter what we're, what we're dealing with right now, maybe it's a financial concern or health concern or relationship concerns, we need to stop waiting on certain circumstances to line up. God is still on his throne, and he's right there with us in the middle of our current condition. And he's whispering to us in our ears, trust me, believe in me. I have the power to heal you. I have the power to make you whole, to give you all that you need. So I don't know what excuses you have, um, but there's, there, there's no exception to God's power, right? God's power and his might is greater than all of our excuses. Any barrier that we're facing, God's power is, is, is greater. There are no exceptions. I was playing golf a few weeks ago and I hit a, a shot into the woods and uh, I, I, I wish I could say that that was the first time I had done that that day, but it was one of those days in the golf course. And I just had a little moment with God. My, my prayer life is pretty strong on the golf course. Um, had a little moment with God. I'm like, God, I've been practicing. What's the deal? I keep slicing the ball into the woods and, and uh, God, could, could you just help me? Help me hit it straight. And I just heard him, heard him say, Heath, I'm not the one swinging the club. You're the one swinging the club. Go back to the range. Uh, get, get somebody to teach you how to play golf, right? Uh, I, I will only help you as much as you're, you're willing to help yourself. Um, so I, I think that's, there's effort involved, right? We can't just sit back uh, by, by the edge of, pool, out of the edge of the pool and just wait and wait and wait. Waiting time is not wasting time. In this season of, of waiting for this quarantining to end, it's, it shouldn't be wasting time. There's still ways to, to serve others and love others and live out the purpose that God has for us. So right in the middle of our excuses, Jesus commands us in our condition. That's the second truth today. Not only uh, does he have compassion in our condition, but he commands us in our condition. See, Jesus is warm, he's fuzzy, he's accepting, he's full of grace, he's tender, he's gentle. But there's some, some point where he just says, get up. I gave you the ability. I gave you gifts and talents. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. 
Jesus commands us in our condition. We're waiting on a certain circumstantial situation. We're depending on a place, right, to line up just the way we want, but it's all about the person. I believe in this season of, of digital church, God is reminding us that it's about a person. It's not about a place. It's about a person. It's about the person of Jesus who has the, the strength and the love and the grace and the power that we need in our lives. Jesus provides this command for this man, and it's, it seems impossible, right? Can you imagine what goes on uh, between the ears of this guy? Are you kidding me? I've been waiting for 38 years, and all of a sudden you just tell me to, this, this, you, you're, you're some random guy off the street, you tell me to get up, take my mat, and walk? But God doesn't command something without giving us the capacity to obey it. God commands something to us, and uh, he gives us the strength to obey. We just need to trust him at his word, like we talked about last week. It may not make sense, the next step, but we need to trust who he is. And that as he commands us to do something, as we listen to his voice, we just need to trust that he's going to give us the strength to obey and live out what he's telling us to do. And by the way, the Bible is full of commands. Love others the way I loved you. Serve others the way I loved you. Forgive others the way that I've forgiven you. God commands us not to fear. He commands us to, to live by faith and not, not in fear. To so receive that command from a God who knows what's best for you, who loves you deeply. Jesus commands us in our condition. Verse 8, at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. At once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and walked. Jesus can cure our condition. As we obey him, as we listen to him, we can leave whatever we were holding on to behind. We can leave it all at the pool. Jesus tells this man to pick up the mat that he'd been clinging to for so long. It, become, it had become his identity. It had become who he was. But when Jesus calls us, he wants us to leave it all behind. He doesn't want us to forget where we've been because we can use it as a testimony, as a picture of, of who, who we were, and it's, and it's a way to display God's power in our life. And that man, I'm sure he just pranced through the streets and just showed off what God had done for him. This is who I was. But God has released me. God has cured me. And I don't know what, what condition you find yourself in right now, Spring Branch, but I, I would encourage you to just trust God at his word. Trust that he has the power to transform your life. And maybe it's a physical condition. Maybe it's not till heaven that he, that he cures you. But our perspective, our attitude, our state of mind, God can heal. And we need to trust him that he can take control of our hearts and our minds and our souls. There's blessing on the other side of obedience. All it takes is just that next step. And we can get up from the mat that we're lying on, take our mat and just walk in the reality that God promises us. So the question I want to, I want to leave you with today is this. What mat is Jesus calling you to get up from? What mat is Jesus calling you to get up from? Maybe we need to exchange our mat for a miracle. Maybe we need to exchange what we've been holding on to and trusting in and depending on. We need to exchange that for a miracle. Do you believe that God can do a miracle in your life? I want to give you the opportunity right now 
to, to pray. And between you and God, just say, God, I, I want to leave it all behind. I, I, I want to leave behind resentment, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, uh, fear, doubt. I want to leave it all behind. Leave it all at the pool so I can live out the potential that you've called me to have. What is your current condition, Spring Branch? Are you receiving God's compassion for you? Are you hearing his command? Are you trusting him at his word? And are you allowing him through his almighty power to heal you? Let's pray. God, thank you for your word today. Thank you that your grace is sufficient. Your power is made perfect in our infirmity, in our weakness. So God, we just release what we've been holding on to. God, I don't know what each person is dealing with today, what their current condition is, but God, I thank you that you meet us right in the middle of our depression, right in the middle of our fear, and you ask us if we want to get well. You are the great physician. May we stop looking for the cure in this world. But God, may we look for the cure in your word, your unchanging, powerful, amazing word. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody out there that needs to receive you as their Lord and Savior, that they would do that right now. And they would pray this prayer. God, I believe in you. I trust you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. God, your blood is the cure for this virus inside of me. And God, I commit my life to you. I want to get up, take up my mat, and walk in the grace and the love that you have for me, Jesus. Thank you. We pray all this in your beautiful name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer this morning, do us a favor email prayer at springbranch.org. Let us know that you prayed that prayer to receive Christ. And if you have any kind of prayer requests or concerns during this time, we would love to join together and pray for you. So please email us there at prayer at springbranch.org. Uh, we love you, Spring Branch, and uh, we're, with, we're with you during this time. So God bless you. I'm going to kick it over to Kelly Cox, and she's going to share a couple words with you before we go. Have a great week. Thank you, Heath. My name is Kelly Cox, and I am the Awana Director here at Spring Branch. And while we are not meeting together, God is still doing amazing things here at our church. And we want you to be connected, um, parents, families, um, everyone in our church. And so if you're not, and you want to know what's happening, if you'll email info at springbranch.org, we will get you connected. In addition, following all of our social media accounts, you will find amazing things happening that are interactive with our kids and students. While we're not able to meet together physically as a church, God has big plans for Spring Branch. If you want to be a part of that, you can give at springbranch.org backslash giving, and you can also participate in our community fund at the same link. Thank you so much for your generosity and you are prayed for and you are loved. Thank you, church. Have a great week.